What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. Today, I'm going to be talking about learning from my 20-somethings. Yes, I am still in my 20s, but I'm referencing my early 20s. So 20, 21 years old. This is back in the time where I was still in college. And there are a lot of things that I wish I knew back then. There are a lot of things that I wish I had done. Um, And one of the things that, you know, I just want to get across to you guys is there are a lot of things that we all wish that we could have done sooner. Um, Hindsight is always 2020, but it's never too late to make that change and start now. So let's go ahead and get this episode started and let's go ahead and get this knowledge out here. So number one, the bank does not own you. I do want you guys to understand that the banks do not own you. The banks serve as a placeholder to hold your money. And that way you can go back to them and it, because it's a secure location, you don't have to worry about things getting stolen. You have to worry about things um, just going away overnight. Um, and at the end of the day, your money's insured. So that's pretty much what a bank does for you. However, you do not have to use a bank for all of your money. Um, you know, one of the things that banks do have is they have limits to the amount of cash you can take out every day. If you've ever been to an ATM and you've tried to take out a certain amount, well, sometimes it'll tell you that you've um, reached your maximum amount or you cannot exceed this cash transaction. So you have to go inside the bank and actually talk to them about um, what you're doing with that money. Um, you know, a lot of times you have to ask for permission to take out the money that you've earned. Um, I personally had some experiences with this and I wasn't really happy with it. Um, I was trying to uh, take out some cash to do a business transaction and it just, uh, I got questioned. I felt like I was being interrogated as to why I had so much money. And I felt very uncomfortable because I'm like, why do I have to tell you my business? Why do I have to tell you <laughs> what I'm doing with my money that I earn? Because all because you guys are just holding it. So at the end of the day, guys, I do want you guys to understand that there are multiple ways and multiple places to hold your money. So understand that banks do have a place, but you can also have multiple accounts. You can also, you can have multiple accounts that have competitive offerings. That way you don't have all of your money tied up in one bank. You also have digital wallets. For you techies out here, just like me, um, digital wallets do exist now. So now you can actually um, have more liquidity for your cash and the liquidity Um, with your cash simply means that um, you're able to access that cash and pretty much take it whenever you want. Um, Something that's not liquid would be something like a 401k because there's a penalty when you take it out. So any asset that you have that you can pretty much get cash from it right away, um, that's a liquidated cash asset or asset period. You also have prepaid cards. So prepaid cards are a wonder. You can also, you can upload, you can load, top off on them, um, fill them up, make sure you do what you got to do with those cards. That way you have access to some cash and nobody has to, you don't have to answer anybody for using that. Number two, compound interest is a game changer. I wish I knew about compound interest as um, an early 20 year old. Albert Einstein, he states that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. People, compound interest is your best friend. 
compound interest is is really it's essentially like generating interest on top of interest every single month. Um, there's a study from Ernst and Young that showed um, that eighty no, it's not eighty I'm sorry sixty five percent of millennials. 65% of us are making just enough to live, which leaves us with little to no room to even consider sophisticated investment vehicles. So guys, I want you to understand that, you know, you don't need billions or you don't need thousands and thousands of dollars to start the the compound interest growth method. Um, compound interest simply allows you to start small and grow over time. I wish I'd known this back in back in the day, but again, it's never too late to start. For example, let's say you deposited $100 into a savings account with a 5% interest rate. And let's say you match that investment each and every month. So every month you're putting in $100 into this account, into this account and every month it's gaining 5%. Well, if you never changed a thing, you'd have $250,000 over the course of 50 years. Um, Yes, that sounds like a long time, um, but that's just a very conservative and small example of what compound interest can do. Because again, as you get older, you tend to make more money. As you tend to make more money, you're able to invest more, which bumps up that $250,000 a lot. So Guys, I do want you to understand how important compound interest is and understand you have to be searching for different vehicles that allow you to um, invest small and start to gain those returns and understand that it's a a long term game. And, you know, once you start seeing those those um, returns and you start seeing that account grow slowly but surely, you're going to have more confidence and you're going to want to do it more and more and more because you see those dollars and those zeros and commas added onto that account. Number three, conservatism won't work in your favor. So this is actually a very important one as well. I like number two better, but number three is is um, important too. So a lot of things that we suffer from as millennials is that, you know, we want it now. We are the want it now generation. Give it to me now. I think we've been spoiled. Um, <laughs> we've definitely been spoiled with technology and just, you know, different advances in society when it comes to having exactly what we want and, you know, and the time frame of which we get it. So we have to understand, and I say this all the time because I I want you guys to understand that it does take time to build money. There's a reason it takes uh, 50, 60 years to to become a billionaire. (laughs) There's a reason why it took Jay-Z, I think Jay-Z's almost 50, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sorry if I am, but um, it's the reason it took him that long. And actually, he did it pretty fast to become a billionaire. So big ups to him, big shout out to him. But he didn't get there by being conservative. Um, I do understand, you know, how how being conservative works. You, you want to make sure that you, you know, you take the time out to make calculated decisions. You don't want to risk it. You don't want to lose things. But understand, y'all, like being conservative is not going to pay you money. Being conservative is not good for your pockets. So, like I said, understand that it will take time, but you can cut down the reward time by taking a little more risk. So one of the things about being younger, it gives us more time to recover from the mistakes because retirement isn't as close. So that's one of the things that you have to take into account. If you file for bankruptcy at 20, 
25, 26 years old. Well, let's say it knocked you for seven years. That's not going to kill you. Now, let me tell you something. Don't be out here filing for bankruptcy. Don't do anything that's going to get you in bankruptcy. But at the end of the day, I want to give you an extreme extreme case of the ability to bounce back and the ability to recover from a bad business move. Um, if you put the work in, you put the time in and understanding of the market that you're trying to enter, then you are able to have more confidence, which gives you the ability to be more um, aggressive with your investments. So again, being younger, it does give you the ability to do that. Also, being younger allows us to have less responsibility. For those of you who don't have kids, that is a great avenue because you don't have as much responsibility as a lot of you know people with kids. Me personally, I don't have kids, but I do have some responsibilities. However, you know, like somebody like Donnarell, Donnarell has two two um, two beautiful girls. So his situation is a little bit different from mine because he has to make a more conservative approach um, because he's responsible for two two lives. Um, so at the end of the day, well, depending on your situation, if you don't have kids, you know, being younger does get, does give you that freedom to take more risk. And if you do have kids, that's not a problem as well. You still have your youth. You just have to be a little bit more creative in your approach to your budgeting and to your risks and the investments that you take. It's not impossible. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult. So you just have to focus just a little bit more because you have a little bit more responsibility. But that should definitely motivate you to get it done. So at the end of the day, I do want you guys to understand that um, conservatism is not the way to go. I'm not saying... Just take as much risk as you want. You do need to be you do need to be risk adverse and risk understanding, you know, what risk is, but don't always play it safe. Do take a little bit of of you know risk when it comes to trying to build your portfolios and and and, and take these ventures out because nobody is going to not say get rich, but you're not gonna build wealth by always playing it safe. You know, one of the things that I did was I was super scared about the Airbnb thing, man. I was very, very conservative and very hesitant to do it because I was scared. So I put more work into studying the market. I put more work into understanding what it would take to be a good Airbnb host and to make sure that I was as profitable as possible. So a year later, I'm doing really well at Airbnb. Um, so at the end of the day, guys, you have to be more comfortable and get comfortable with taking risks. Um, another thing that I did was business credit. You know, I was able to apply for business credit based on my personal credit score. I was able to leverage that and I got access to $20,000 um, to help me with my Airbnb. And that's not something I talk about, you know, a lot, but that's one of the vehicles that I used because I was trying to be more aggressive. And so you guys have to understand that there are things out here. There are ways to um, take advantage of different vehicles out here that can kind of speed up your investing process. But again, there are no shortcuts. Number four, budgeting is annoying, but necessary. Everybody hates budgeting. I'll speak for me. I'm not a big proponent of budgeting, but I do understand the necessity of it. And I do understand how important it is. Um, we're actually going to be releasing an ebook dedicated entirely to budgeting for entrepreneurs. And even if you aren't an entrepreneur, it can still apply to you. So be on the lookout for that. It'll probably be coming out within the next, it'll be coming out this month. So um, when we do release that, I'm going to make sure that we get it out to everybody. But at the end of the day, guys, budgeting is so important. 
You have to know what's going on in your business. You have to know what's going on in your personal finances. So when you start to look at your budget, it allows you to maximize on your productivity. Let me explain. So let's say you're running a business and in that business, let's say you're you're spending too much money in one area. Let's say you're spending too much money on invoices or whatever, some back office stuff, when you could really be putting that money into marketing to bring you more clients and ultimately build your business and bring yourself more money. Well, looking at your budget allows you to understand where to cut costs and it allows you to understand where to realign your expenses and where you're putting your money so that at the end of the day, you can make sure that you know exactly the ins and outs of your business. How profitable are how profitable are you month over month? How profitable are you over this quarter? Um, what went on last year in your business during this time? So that way you can prepare for next year to understand you know what's going on. Let me give you an example. So for Airbnb, surprisingly, I'm in Florida, and my first year I started out in the summer, and it was very very slow. So I didn't know that. Airbnb or travel um, is slower in the summer months. And me, I'm thinking like, bruh, it's Florida. Like everybody comes to Florida in the summer because they want to go to the beaches. Well, that's not always the case. So you have to understand that knowing your seasons, knowing your high points and your low points, knowing when you're cash flowing the most and knowing when you're cash flowing the least, that way you can plan for it. That's what a budget does for you. So do not underestimate the budget. Have a, I have a separate little book that I write down all of my um, expenses in for my personal finances. And that's helped me a lot. It's allowed me to see, okay, where can I cut back on money? You know, how much money am I putting towards food and eating out? So just looking at those little things really, really make a difference. Number five, how to do my damn taxes. <laughs> this one is very uh, interesting. So taxes suck. Uh, Just like budgeting, taxes is something that we all hate to do, but we have to pay them. The government has to get their money. And you do not need to be a guru in taxes to understand the basic principles and premises of taxes. You can always hire someone to do your taxes. I preferably have a personal accountant, um, CPA, that does it. Uh, I don't I don't go through TurboTax anymore. When I was younger, I did. Um, this is something that I wish I was taught in high school. This is something I wish I was taught when I was younger. Because honestly, y'all, to be quite honest, I used to stress out about taxes because I felt like if I made one mistake, they were going to take me to jail. I just knew that the IRS was going to come and knock on my door and be like, hey, Josh, uh, yeah, you owe us more money and we're taking we're taking uh, taking you to jail. So <laughs> that's a little bit extreme, but at the end of the day, you know those are those are like my real thoughts about taxes at that time. And even now, I still don't like paying them. But we all got to pay taxes, and I ain't trying to go to jail. So understand that there are things that you can do to. Um, you know, hire a tax preparer so that you can understand or, be, or hire somebody who has a profession in that area and expertise so that way they can get you the best return possible. Understand your taxes. You know, right now, since I, I do own a house and I own an investment, I own an investment property. Um, and from there, it's like, OK, now I have, you know, Econics as a business. I don't need to be filing my taxes because I don't necessarily understand understand every little thing that has to do with taxes. So it's better for me to hire somebody, but I'm smart enough to understand what I do not know and put somebody around me that does know and can help make up for my lack of knowledge. So 
that's one of the things that you know I wish I knew about back in the day. So for you guys out there with taxes, um, you know, at the end of the day, put some time into understanding, you know, what taxes are. Uh, don't be, don't shy away from it. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, you don't have to be a guru, but you do want to understand the basic principles of taxes. Understand what a trust is. Understand um, what all of these different terms are, because it does make you more. It does make you more aware and it gives you more tools in your investing um, portfolio and investing, you know, like tool belt to, to be able to to strike when you need to. And it, and it gives you solutions to different problems, because if you don't know what's out there, you won't know how to handle it. Um, you know, and so at the end of the day, guys, you know, these are the things that I wish I really knew um, at that age. So a couple of things that I wish I had, you know, growing up, I wish I had someone to show me how to save money at an early age. Uh, I, I do want to give props to my aunt. You know, she, even though she don't really listen to the podcast, it's all love, auntie. But at the end of the day, um, she was somebody who showed me that um, budgeting is necessary. So that was one of the lessons that I got as a kid was to write everything down, go over your budget. I got all of that stuff. So that that was definitely helpful. But one of the things that I did not get was I didn't have, you know, my parents didn't told, tell me, you know, about a 401k. They didn't tell me about, you know, home home ownership and what it meant what it meant to homestead a house, or you know how to file taxes. I didn't really know anything about credit. I just knew pay your stuff on time and your credit score will be good. That's that's literally all I knew. But I didn't understand how maxing out a credit card would negatively impact my credit score. I didn't understand that concept. I didn't I didn't know you know rich dad poor dad. I didn't know about how to become a millionaire. You know these books that are essential to to my life and financial growth today. So. You know, and that's something that I, I I wish I had when I was growing up. Um, and if you didn't have that, it's okay. You know, that's why that's why I created Econics. That's why we're here to kind of help you guys learn the things that we didn't necessarily get while we were growing up. Um, and it's better to start now than never. Um, I want to stress to you guys that if you haven't started some of these things, like it's okay. But make sure you start yesterday. Make sure you start as soon as possible because if you don't start now, then you'll never start. It'll always be too late. You'll never have enough money. You'll never you'll never be in the right position to invest. You'll never be in the right position to save. Um, so start. Just just literally take one step. Um, you want to understand that you know this is a slow grind, but it's not as slow as you think. You know, it, it does start off really slow, but once you start to see things pay off, um, you start to realize and understand like, man, like this is, this is, this is actually pretty cool. Have savings goals. You know, I have a savings goal, you know, count the little wins for me when I was, um, when I, uh, wanted to, you know, make an investment and buy a new laptop, I had a Dell coming out of college and I wanted a MacBook. And to this day, I'll tell anybody to this day, the best investment I have ever made in my life is my MacBook. And I still have my MacBook five years later. And it's still my MacBook makes me money. I run an entire business off my MacBook. I'm recording this podcast off of my MacBook. So that was one of the best investments I ever made. But I had to save up for it. I I think I bought for five years ago. That put me at like 2023. So at 23 years old, um, at 23 years old, I didn't have $1,200 to drop on a MacBook. I had a job, but I didn't have I didn't have $1,200 right then and there to just drop on a MacBook. But it was a goal of mine, so I set a goal because I wanted to achieve a certain thing, and so I gave my money purpose. I gave my money something to look for, to something to work for. So 
Once I did that, then every single month, every actually every paycheck, I was saving money, putting money aside, putting money aside because at the time I always felt like I was always putting money into my broke car. And I had, I've had the worst car problems ever. So <laughs> at the time I was like, man, I'm tired of like putting money into this stupid car because I can never save. I can never get ahead because I'm always spending money on my dumb car. So eventually I got to a point where I was able to kind of say, I'm like, screw this car. I'm going to just roll with this thing and whatever happens, happens. I'm going to save for me. So I started to reallocate that money to um, save every month. And a couple months later, I had $1,200 and I bought my MacBook. It was one of the most fulfilling experiences because I knew I saved. I knew I worked. Then it sucked because I had to go almost down to zero (laughs) and start all over. But I had an asset. I had something to show. I had a tangible asset in my hand that I knew I could use to make money. I could use to to teach myself things, to learn about things that that I knew would work and be reliable. And so if you look at it five years later, you know, that investment paid off. Um, you know, another thing that I wish I had was an investment that fit me at the time. Nowadays, we have things like Acorns. We have uh, trading platforms like Robinhood that have no commission fees. There's so many apps now that, that have auto savings features and that auto deduct from your account. I wish I knew about these things and I wish I had access to these things as a young investor and just a young person, period. Um, um, you know, for, for example, like broker accounts for ETFs, I wish I had, you know, the knowledge about a broker account that, you know, would just literally auto deduct from my paycheck that gave me another account to hold money in. Even if it wasn't gaining interest, it was something that I could put into ETFs that could grow that money over time. If I needed to liquidate that, I could do it. So that's another thing that I wish I had is as a young 20 something. So if you don't take advantage of these things, like start looking at them. Uh, Every time I'm on Instagram, I always see something like, um, uh, an app where it says, Hey, you can, uh, you can invest in, uh, these different, um, areas. And again, they're almost like ETFs, but it's just an app that does it. So if you want to invest in the rainforest, if you want to invest in trees, if you want to invest in, um, homelessness, um, if you, all these different types of, of things that make you that, that you guys, you know, like, or something that you may be into, there are, you know, different apps out there that allow you to invest in it and invest into ETFs that will bring you some type of return. And, you know, studies have have proven that over time, um, when you take a more conservative approach, those things yield only like a 5% return over the year. And if you're looking at more of a more aggressive approach, you know, based on the market analysis, aggressive approaches really get you about a 10% return every year. So that's something that you guys should should definitely, you know, look at. The bottom line, guys, the bottom line here is if you have not started, this is the best time to start. If you have not started saving, if you have not started looking into growing your accounts looking for different investment vehicles that can bring you more than a 5% return. There are investment vehicles out here that will bring you a 70% return every month. Like literally these things exist. You just have to know where to go. So also understand budgeting. Um, The bottom line is if you don't take anything away from this podcast, take this away. Start now if you haven't started. Budget, figure out where you can save your money, get more aggressive, start start taking more risk, Take, um, do a SWOT analysis, understand the pros and cons, but then get more aggressive. And last but not least, guys, take ownership over your finances. So you can thank your younger self when like, you're like 40. <laughs> um, 
take advantage of that, man. Take ownership over what you have. Take ownership over the things that you don't have. And at the end of the day, when you're 40 something years old, you'll look at yourself and say, man, I, uh, I made the right decision when I was in my late twenties. I made some really smart decisions in my thirties that really set me up for 40 because at 40, now you have kids. Now you have a family. And if you don't have kids, now you have a job that you might not be able to get away from. Now you're in, now you have your business. Now you're, you know, a CEO. Now you're all of these different things. So Make sure that you put the things in place now, because if you don't invest into yourself now, then your future self will definitely hate you. And on that note, guys, I definitely want to thank you guys for always tuning in. Thank you for the support. Look out for that budgeting ebook. Again, it's going to be coming out this month. I'm just working on the final edits of it, and I'm going to be releasing it to you. It will be available on the website. So look out for that as soon as it drops. I will make sure that you guys have it. And on that note, guys, you have a good one. Like, share, subscribe. Enjoy this podcast. Share with your peoples. And I appreciate you. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.